Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, a personal word to Jesus. I want to go over with you today one of my favorite hymns. It's a hymn written by John Calvin, and it is a prayer. Maybe you don't realize it because sometimes when we sing hymns or songs in church, we we listen to the music, uh, we hear some of the lyrics, uh, we enjoy the sounds. Sometimes we understand some of the words, but we don't necessarily really meditate on them. And we don't always know exactly what role they're playing in, in what we're doing. But I want us to take the time to think about this prayer hymn. We could call it a prayer hymn. It's a personal word to Jesus. We sing it. Sometimes we sing it at our church. And as I've said, it is one of my favorite hymns. And the reason is because it it has within it a real heart conversation with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In it, it acknowledges who he is, acknowledges who it is to me. And then on the basis of who he is and who he is to me, I ask of him things that I really need. Not just the trivial things sometimes that we are so prone to get caught up with in our prayer. You know, oh God, my toe hurts and I really need some help to get over this pain. But, but more substantial things. I want you to listen to the hymn. Now, I'm going to read it in the older English version, which certainly needs to be updated for our ears today. And I'm also going to read it in the one that's found in our newest hymn book, which is a modernized version. But there's some subtle changes, uh, some of which is not as forceful as the original. But I want you to listen to it. And as you listen to it, I want you to know what you're doing. You're, You're speaking to Jesus, to Jesus the Christ, and Jesus who is our Redeemer, our Savior, and our King. Here's the words. I greet thee, who my sure Redeemer art, my only trust and Savior of my heart, who pain didst undergo for my poor sake. I pray thee from our hearts, all cares to take. Here's a modern rendition of that in the praise hymnal. I greet my sure Redeemer and my King. You're my trust, accept the love I bring. What pain you suffered, Jesus, for my sake, I pray you from our hearts all cares to take. Now the substance is the same, but there's a subtle change. In the first older English It's addressed directly to Jesus in a very personal way. I greet thee, or I could say, I greet you, or I welcome you, acknowledge you in my presence, you who are my sure redeemer. Uh, To a more indefinite kind of statement. But then it picks up very personally. You are my trust, accept the love I bring. But what's missing there is you are my only trust. It's the only that's missing. And Savior, 
of my heart. I've, I've shifted to what I'm doing, except the love I bring. Here's next. What pain you suffered, Jesus, for my sake. There's that. What pain you did undergo for my poor sake. I pray you from our hearts all cares to take. The final petition is the same. Take away from me all the cares. All right, second You, or it begins, thou art the king of mercy and of grace, reigning omnipotent in every place. So come, O king, and our whole being sway. Shine on us with the light of thy pure day. The modern, you are the king of mercy and of grace, reigning omnipotent in every place. So come, and our whole being move, we pray. Shine on us with the light of your pure day. It's essentially the same. We're asking God, who is the omnipotent king, to move on us, our whole being, all that we are, body, soul, mind, and spirit, and to illuminate us with the light that comes from himself. The third stanza. Thou art the life by whom alone we live and all of our substance and our strength receive. O oh, comfort us in death's approaching hour, strong-hearted then to face it by thy power. To this, you are the life by which alone we live and all of our substance and our strength receive. O oh, comfort us in death's approaching hour, Strong-hearted then to face it by your power. Now, I don't know at the time this was written whether the author is feeling the approach of death or not. He obviously did not die then. But whether it's now we're staring it in the face or we're afraid of it because of things that go on, sickness, plagues, etc., death is always confronting us in this mortal life. And whenever it comes, if there's any opportunity before it comes, as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, we want to face it with comfort that comes only from him who is our life. You see, what eternal life really is, is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ himself that's transmitted to us by means of the Holy Spirit who comes to live within us in our spirits that are made alive by his power through the gospel that we receive in faith. The moment we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ like that, Jesus himself said, we pass from death into life and that nothing can ever separate us from his love or his life, not even death in Romans 8. It's from that kind of faith that these words are coming. You are the life by which alone we live. And all of our substance and all of our strength comes from you. And since this is true, Lord, comfort us when we approach death or when we approach anything that even appears to be a kind of death to us. Then he turns to you have the true and perfect gentleness you have no harshness and no bitterness. Lord, 
Grant to us the grace in you we see that we may live in perfect unity. And in the older English, it says, make us to taste the sweet grace found in thee. Now, that, that takes in a sensory idea, the where we can taste that which belongs to our Lord. He is so gentle. He's not harsh, but he's so true, so so perfectly gentle. He's not bitter. Even in the face of those who, who did him wrong, he had no bitterness. That's hard for us. So we need to turn to our Lord who has faced the scorn of sinners and who even in the face of that, he showed perfect gentleness. He showed forgiveness. He showed love. What he is and how he behaved is what we need, what we want as his children. Lord, grant to us this sweet grace that's found in you. Help us to taste it. Why? That we may live in perfect unity. That we may stay in your sweet unity. You know, sometimes we talk about our desire of Christians to be united. But what we really need to talk about is the fact that we have unity in Christ. And what we need to do is to show the unity of the spiritual life we have in Christ through the gospel. We're not trying to create something. We are seeking to enter into the full dimensions of what we have in him. Lastly, he comes to this one. Our hope is in no other save in you, in thee. Our faith is built upon thy promise free. Now, the modern has it, our hope is founded on your holy word. Now, it's true that it's founded on God's holy word, but the, but the hymn has that personal, it's him. Our hope is found in no other save in him. I'm speaking to the Lord Jesus, and so I say, our hope, my hope, is in no other but you. And my faith is built upon your promise Free, your free promise. You see, Christ's promises to us as his children are not based on our merit. They're not based on what we earn. They're not based on what we can somehow get out of him. They're based on his desire to bless us, to bless us with that which we most need, which is the fullness of life and joy in him. So our faith is built upon every promise, Lord, every promise in you, because all the promises of God, Paul writes in Colossians, are built upon the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Corinthians, I think it is. All promises, all those covenant promises, they're all found in Jesus Christ. He is the yea and the amen. He's the yes and so be it of every promise of God. In light of this, Lord, grant us such strong and pure faith. Grant us your peace, in the modern words that we sing. The other ones will grant us such stronger hope and sure that we can boldly conquer and endure. It becomes a little less personal in the newer version. Our hope is built on your holy word. 
Our faith is built on every promise, Lord. Grant us your peace. Make us so strong and pure that we may conquerors be. All ills endure. Do you catch it? Do you catch the flavor of this hymn, of this prayer? When we sing, we need to engage our minds, not just our emotions. We need to engage our thoughts. We need to engage our hearts, not simply the feel of the music. The feel of the music can certainly be a blessing, can help us. But if we don't know what we're doing, if we're not affirming our faith, if we're not turning to God in prayer, if we're not worshiping him with true words expressive of the truth of who he is and what he means to us, then we're really missing it. This is what makes him singing edifying in the church, in the assembly of believers. We have the opportunity to be speaking to one another words of truth, words of love, words of life, words of courage, joint prayer, all that we could enter more into the depth of these things. You see this, this personal word to Jesus, prayer hymn, is an affirmation of faith in which if we have declared who Jesus is and we've declared some of his attributes and some of his actions on our behalf. And based on such true and sure faith, we petition him as our king for that which we need to live as his children in a world that threatens, in a world that often is dark, in a world that is a challenge but it's a proving ground, a ground that helps us become more like Christ when we trust him with all we are, with all that we have. Would you today have a personal word to Jesus? This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. And the next time, keep speaking to Jesus.